Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you are listening to Zero Dark Nerdy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Zero Dark Nerdy, the world's most notorious pop culture podcast. The filthiest of the filthy. This is your boy, Brian, a.k.a. El Nino. And today I'm joined with me. Uh, hi, I'm Sarah. You can find me on Instagram as Sarah is loading. And, and we also have. And? <laughs> no, <buzzer. laughs> oh, you're great. You know, I want to cut in. Uh, my name's Jeffers. I am a Twitch streamer at uh just Jeffers Games, and I also just launched a Star Wars podcast uh, yesterday on my birthday. So, Jawa, Jawa Chatter, a video nice. game. Nice. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jeffers. <laughs> just a little backstory out there. Sarah Chu has been a fan of the show for quite some time now. She's definitely been on a few episodes, uh, anime, everything from cosplay. That's how we've met her as the cosplay queen, queen <laughs> that she is. And Jeffers has been in, uh, honestly, just a, a great, great friend and a fan of the show. This is I'm glad to have him on the show. You went from what, Texas to... Oh man. Though, right? oh, man. I grew up in Washington State and then okay. I lived in Austin, Texas for the past seven years. And yes, now I'm in San Francisco. Goodness gracious. So how how is it just out of curiosity? How is it living in one of the most expensive cities on like in the planet? If you would ask me that the first year I moved here, uh, cru- soul crushing, uh, soul crushing. Uh, the second year, though, uh, going past the second year, it's actually pretty good. You, you, the first year is just really tough financially, just being straight up. Gotcha. Gotcha. We appreciate the honesty. I've always, I've always been curious. I know it's one of the most expensive cities in the U S so oh, in the world. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's very tough place to move to. Uh, but I think after you adapt a bit and, you know, kind of adapt to not just the city, but also like, Oh, okay. This is how much everything is. Uh, then, you know, it, it gets easier. It does. So uh, again, I, I feel for you because I live in probably the cheapest city in the United States in Philadelphia. Please don't ever really tell can. me your rent. You can just never tell me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or, or mortgage, whatever you have. I just don't want to know. Yeah, actually, mortgage is um, <laughs> cheaper oh. to buy than rent, but rent is also pretty. Oh, it's definitely not cheaper to buy here. That's the sad part. <laughs> well, again, thank you, too, for joining us so much. So today we're going to be doing a nice little episode, I'm sure. A lot of our fellow fans have heard out there, Microsoft slash Xbox, same thing, has acquired Activision. A couple fun facts out there for those of you who don't know, Microsoft, in case you don't know who Microsoft is, but <laughs> in, in, in terms of acquisitions, though, they're no stranger to this territory. Um, you know, we can go back to as far as uh, 2017, they bought GitHub for $7.5 billion dollars. They yeah. bought Skype for $8.5 billion, and before they bought Activision. So Microsoft actually bought LinkedIn. I was going to say, you had... Oh, yeah, that's that's like so yeah, I was right. I just, <laughs> this is where autocorrect sucks, because uh, I had it as LinkedIn, and then it autocorrected to literally linked slash in. <laughs> like Link, the character from Nintendo? Yeah, right. bought him. Yeah, they bought him. <laughs> she says that. These are, just the conf- these are just the ones they actually managed to buy. There are so right. many things that Microsoft has tried to buy over the years, and Nintendo was one of them. I, I heard about know that. that. Yeah, it, in yeah. 90, it was like 99 around 2000. Uh, they approached Nintendo, and Nintendo laughed at them. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Do you remember how much that offer was worth, especially in they 99? Didn't even, they didn't even get to that point. Yeah. They just straight up laughed them out of the room. No, just like, nah, are you kidding? No. Wow. I can't I even imagine how, who else Microsoft honestly approached. I mean, I'm sure right. they have many. They'll just buy whatever. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think they had to have been expecting that from Nintendo. Like, oh, probably. I mean, I don't own a company worth billions, like yet. No? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine yeah. if yeah. I were, you know, trying to buy other companies, Nintendo's right. not one that I would have the confidence to think I could buy. I think Microsoft just likes to shoot their shot. I know. I'm like, it's probably why I don't have a company like this. There's that that guy at the bar. They just need one. Yes. Uh, They don't don't care. If we ask everybody. Exactly. Somebody might say yes. Yes. Everyone they buy are just the people that actually said yes. True. And when they get the yes, it's actually like they're bringing home the trophy wife. It's not like they're bringing home the person that you wake up next to with the beer goggles on. It's like, oh, this person's still great. I yeah, might marry they like shop for Nintendo, but they're like, oh, Activision. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. not too bad. Casual $70 billion. BetOnline.ag has you covered in 2022 and remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Yeah, exactly. So 68.7 billion. It's going to go into effect. Uh, they're predicting next year, but that is the plan. And in comparison, I, I think the, the next biggest acquisition that we've seen has literally been when Disney bought uh, Fox for $71 billion. So wow. we're talking just a couple and like we're like we're talking like it's chump change here. But just a couple billion dollars less than a movie conglomerate, which is Disney. I mean, and everything conglomerate. Yeah, I didn't know this is the largest video game acquisition in history. Yeah, by far. (laughs) I mean, Disney bought the entire Star Wars franchise for like five or six billion. So, like, that just really puts into perspective of how much money they spent on this. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, as we get started on this and, and Sarah, we'll start with you. Like, what was your just kind of initial reaction when this came through? Because I'm sure just like you and Jeffers and myself, I saw this, you know, come through my my news feed and in, in, in my phone in the morning, like, uh, you know, Microsoft Well, at the time it said Xbox, but we all know Xbox is Microsoft. Microsoft mm-hmm. buys Activision Blizzard for this much money. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They're getting ready to change the game. And, 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 and we'll get to this in a little bit. And particularly because my main complaint about Microsoft, especially in Xbox, is that their console-specific games are not as strong as PlayStation. And I think this does mm-hmm. get them in that playing field. Yes. Well, um, Jeffers, I don't know your background if you're an Xbox gamer or PlayStation gamer. Um your thoughts on this, but I'm a PlayStation gamer, diehard. Absolutely. I thought it was, I kind of laughed when you asked me to be on the show. You're like, you know, I like only play PlayStation. I will not yeah. touch Xbox, oh, PC game, Nintendo, anything but Xbox. Um, <laughs> but like you said, seeing it come through, like 
you know, my phone, the computer, like I just had this sense of kind of like you said, like things are going to change now. This is like the first step in the, I don't know, the future of gaming. And I don't know that I'm on board yet. I don't, we'll see. Um, but I, <laughs> like, yeah, this does change everything. I'm sure we'll get into it, but like the, um, I was like reading more about like Game Pass and like people who are Xbox gamers really love Game Pass. They're really excited for this acquisition. Um, It's going to make their Game Pass so much stronger. Um, Where It's basically like a monthly subscription and you can just play like any of the games that Microsoft offers. Um, I think it's going to seriously um, compete with what like PlayStation's doing right now, which... Um, I mean, I'm okay buying my PlayStation games. I don't really want this Game Pass, so that's fine. But that's either going to put the pressure on PlayStation to compete with like a Game Pass, or it's just going to take away from some of the revenue of people buying games that were, you know, once on PlayStation, but then are going to move to Xbox as exclusives. I don't know. What do you think, Jeffers? What's your um, gaming background? (laughs) I want to make sure I do not rant. So somebody cut me off. They need to. Uh, so oh, no, you're good. <laughs> I, I legit first reaction. This was an emotional one, which is rare for me. I'm not really like a respond emotional type person at first. Uh, I, I had an irrational thought that I really wanted the first thing to be when they announced this, that they're going to yeet that CEO out the door uh, because <laughs> that guy, he has just created such a toxic work environment, especially for women at Activision Blizzard. I mean, it's it's been very known. It's been over the course of video game news for the past like plus year. But that was a silly reaction because like it's one, it's not all the way done. It's gonna be 12 to 18 months. Right. And, you know, on top of that, like he still has to be the CEO technically. Uh, they kind of bought. I thought they were going to kick him out. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is the plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, plan, but when they first announced it, they were like, yeah, so-and-so is going to stay in the CEO as he has been. And then like later that day, they were like, well, yeah. Once once it's done, like transition he's, he's company walk over. Bit, I got so. the vibe it was one of those not to, but it was one of those like, hey, we want to do X, Y, and Z, and you know, Activision was like, no, and they're like, well, we're going to buy your company and then make this happen. And yeah, they had to keep it business had to keep it uh, chill. But uh, and then once I got past that, in terms of speaking on the consoles and what they're bringing to the table. Uh, I am similar to Sarah in some ways. I prefer PlayStations, not because I don't really have any brand loyalty to any systems, honestly. At the end of the day, I just like, give me the games. I want to play the games that I enjoy. Like I have a Nintendo uh, Switch. I have a PS5. I have a Xbox One, not the new one, the, the previous one. Uh, mm-hmm. And But for me, uh, I don't I don't see the need to get the new Xbox yet because they don't have any what you call exclusives. And for those that don't know, exclusives are like they make or they have or they bring out third party games. Well, up until you know soon uh, it would be like Call of Duty and like multiplayer games, stuff like that. But it is ones under their umbrella that they make. PlayStation just is and it's why the PS4, you know, eat the crap out of uh, Xbox one. They had so many. They just had mm-hmm. so many bangers that just sold and people just wanted those single player story experiences. And Xbox doesn't really have that. They just have like things that I uh, I think Sarah probably agrees with. Not really super. I, I don't not like them, but they don't pull me to buy it. Like I'm not a huge Halo person. Um, one of the only things I actually like was Forza Horizon. I don't even like racing games, but that one's more like a open world, beautiful experience type thing. Not like a traditional racer, but overall, they don't bring anything to the table. However... Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, at I believe it was the Game Awards or E3, they were unveiling how many studios, smaller studios they bought out. So this is classic mm-hmm. Xbox slash Microsoft. They're like, okay, we aren't competing. So this next generation, we need to. 
So they go and buy those out and then they make one of their own. And this move weirdly didn't surprise me that much. It did, but it didn't just like, oh, I just can't believe they paid, you know, 70 billion for it really at the end of the day. Right. Um, it was more just, I, I was like, cause like they're still not really competing. I don't know if anyone's really like paying attention, but it, everyone's still buying Xboxes. But if you compare that to how hard it is to get a PS5, PS5 is hard to get like, by far. Still and, to this day. And yeah. Sarah, Sarah was on the episode where we were, you know, reviewing the PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah. And that was, yeah. you know, a year and a half ago. And to this day, it's yeah. still hard to get a PlayStation 5 compared to the new Xbox. Man, I, I knew it too. Like I was telling, like it was hard to get one on pre-order. I was like, that might be your best chance for a while though. It's not going to be available in three months. Like it's, PlayStation 5 is going to be hard to get until like the last year of its life, I think. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Adams Family 2. The Adams Family is back with an all-new spooktacular adventure. Featuring an all-star cast and all-new bonus content, the Adams Family 2 is yours to own now on Blu-ray and DVD. It's it's really interesting, though, because I I don't know. Now that they've done this, they are literally going to be pulling Call of Duty and things like that into an exclusive. I mean, some people will argue and say, no, they're not going to do that. There's too much money. And I'm like, you don't buy uh, a $70 billion. This is the same conversation mm -hmm. I had the last time they'd made a major purchase. It was uh, Bethesda and everyone like people <laughs> I'd be streaming and they come and chat and they'd argue with me. They're like, no, nah, you don't, they're, they're not going to do that. They make too much money in Skyrim. I was like, you don't buy that big of a company and not make an exclusive. You just don't. And like, they're going to make it an exclusive. Yeah. yeah, I think they've stated that they weren't going to make it exclusive for at least know, a couple of games, but I it's agree with you. Time. Like, that's not the end goal. There's probably already like contracts in place that they can't get out of, uh, exactly. but you don't spend that much money exactly. to not make it exclusive. And I think the purpose of all of this is to push their game pass. Like, I think oh, yeah. um, Xbox, it's they're going to change to basically a Netflix type model. Like, they know they haven't been complaining with competing with PlayStation for exclusives. Like, I don't think they're trying to, like, I think they know they can't, yeah. you know, I think they're just going after a complete, they're just doing something totally different, um, which it's like, if we can't have the best, we'll just have the breadth of games. Right. Cause I mean, especially in this day and age, when you see that you can literally go on Amazon and buy a old school arcade console console and play like a lot of the old school games you know, you're competing against that as well, whether if you're Xbox or PlayStation. So it's like you have that nostalgia feeling of bringing in the old games. And that is honestly, I will say Xbox's bread and butter right now is the game pass of bringing in a lot of these classics in there where PlayStation's like, yeah, but, you know, our exclusive are they're their money. And they are. I mean, we're talking God of War. We're talking Last of Us. I mean, classics out there that Xbox their bread and butter's always been Halo, but unfortunately for them, they never really diverted from that and tried to grow from that. Right. Well, it's interesting though, because I think I, I think people always think of these two companies as like a console war. And I think we're getting, a, people might disagree, but we're getting away from that a bit. They're mm. just going in two different directions. And I think that's probably better for everybody. Xbox is going more the subscription base. They're going more like we have all these offerings, uh, um, for this fee, uh, you can just like have all this. They're going more of a budget route, which is great. I, I I want everyone to be able to play games. They're expensive. Let's just be honest. They really are. Yeah, they're my main hobby. So like that, that's what I would focus any little money I have into in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> but 
Like, actually, it, that Game Pass is looking good now. No, yeah, and I, I have Game Pass. I don't, I don't use as much as I should, but like, it's, it's awesome. It, it's a great idea. Though, uh, Sarah mentioned uh, PlayStation doing something similar. They already are working on it. There's a lot of reports of them already working on that, mm. which makes sense because I think it's a, that's just more of a technology thing as well. We're just getting where things are just more subscription based, uh, which, for better or worse, it's happening. Uh, though I think there's one thing interesting that I want to bring up about this acquisition. Mm-hmm. I think this means in the future, because Game Pass, if you just do the basic Game Pass, it's $10 a month in the US. If you do Game Pass Ultimate, I think it's 15 so that gives you PC mm-hmm. and uh, Xbox. But once this is like done, done, like I'm talking the future, because we know it's not like 100% done, mm-hmm. right? And all these come into the fold, come under the umbrella. I think it's almost a guarantee that in the near-ish future, we see the first price bump of Game Pass because they will have hooked everybody. Mm-hmm. They have all these games on their umbrella and they're like, well, now it's time to pay up a little bit because Game Pass doesn't really make you much money, but it's it's more to get people, people under your brand, not to sell consoles. Because quite frankly, even with all these, Xbox doesn't really have any exclusives because you can get them on PC and Xbox. They, they release everything on both. So... It's, I think they're just going to kind of pull the rug out a little bit. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree with that. I think they're going to wait to everybody. We've seen it like with Netflix, Uber, all these like services. They start out really cheap. They're not Mm -hmm. making any money off of them. Um, From what I hear, um, game companies don't actually make money off consoles. It's like the games exclusives, the like extra stuff you spend your money on. Um, So I think they are going really hard after the subscriptions. Looked up some numbers. There's... For Game Pass, there's 18 million subscribers right now. Call of Duty average monthly player base of 53 million. I said those numbers right. 18 months. So like that right there. <laughs> yep, just tell them that you're included. There you go. Charge them ten dollars a month, and then once you know people have moved over, then just fifteen dollars a month right there. Yep. Yeah. No, completely agree. And even according to the latest reports. Obviously, they're saying that the next three Call of Duty games are going to be available for both Sony and Microsoft consoles. But then after that, they're actually planning on, instead of doing a yearly release, maybe taking a step back, making it more, obviously, Microsoft, Xbox exclusive. Who knows? But the big thing is it's the mobile gaming as well. Like the mobile gaming aspect of it is massive. Like even when they when they bought... um, and that was the other one that I forgot to put on there that I believe it was Microsoft. I could be wrong about this, that they bought, um, uh, not World of Warcraft. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, technically they just yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Minecraft, you know, and, and oh, that one is, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That's because they bought so many companies. For losing <laughs> <Yeah. track. laughs> right. It's easy to lose track. No, it is. No, I was trying to look it up. I was like, okay, anything not Japanese. basically. <laughs> right. that. Because that's PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. They're just going in different directions, I think at this point. And I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that really. Uh, I, I do worry just a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's good that they plan on not releasing a call of duty game. So consistently, it means they can actually spend, you know, or time developing a better game and mm. it coming out, you know, more released instead of having to, you know, do some huge patch day one, maybe, or just, or just in general, maybe give it more oomph because let's face it. And if you're a fan of Call of Duty, I'm not, I'm not hating on Call of Duty at all. It's, it's not really my thing, but like, it is like a Madden in the sense that it's like the same, very similar every year. Um, right. 
still mix it up a little bit. Like Ubisoft did the same thing with their Assassin's Creed games. They were releasing them like every year because it's, it's just money, right? It's just like a guarantee. Like, well, why wouldn't we? It's like, why wouldn't we release a Fast and Furious? It doesn't matter how good it is. It's going <laughs> to get money. Like, why wouldn't you? But I think some quality control would be great, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of like instead of if you think of it, if a new game comes out every year, it's like you're paying like $60, $70 a year to keep playing the game versus the subscription model. They can just keep updating the game. Exactly. And that's been the big thing with the the, the newest Halo coming out is that it's supposed to be the last one. They're just going to continue, you know, supposedly to update it. That's the plan that this (laughs) will be the last Halo game you actually purchase but they're just going to add on to it and keep going from there and there. And I definitely agree with you, Jeffers. I think to me with Call of Duty, just like, I, that's a perfect analogy I could ever give to Call of Duty. It is like Madden. Like you can only do but so much. Yeah. Whether if it's, you know, with Madden, it's like, all right, well, this, if I hit this button, I'm going to hit this defensive player a little bit different. Where with Call of Duty, it's like, oh, well, you know, if I level up this way, yeah. then I can get this weapon there. So it is getting very monotonous, which, I mean, the best thing Call of Duty did was bring in that battle pass, obviously, to, you know, compete with the um, Apex, Apex, uh, what was it, Fortnite, you know, the, of those of the world. Yeah, exactly. To bring in and on top of that, that multi console concept as well. And I I do think that we're still going to continue to see that even with this acquisition, the multi console concept is still going to be very strong in Mm -hmm. every aspect of it, including mobile. Today's episode is also brought to you by New York Homicide. Oxygen, the home for high quality true crime programming, is diving deep into some of the most chilling murder cases in New York City's recent history. The new series, New York Homicide, details the brazen crimes that could only happen in New York and the intense work by law enforcement and civilians who race to take murderers off the streets. New York Homicide premieres Saturday, January 1st at 10 p.m. on Oxygen. So, you know, as, as far as final thoughts of this accusation and, and even some predictions, you know, what what are some things, whether predictions or not, or even let's just say a wish list, what are some things that you think may happen from this or you would like to see happen from this accusation as far as gaming in general, not just for Microsoft and Xbox, but just in, in the gaming world? Well, Something um, I was thinking about just now when we were talking about instead of having, you know, a yearly update with the game, just having one game that gets updated that was really making me think about pretty much the only game I played this past year, which is Genshin Impact, Mm -hmm. which is already doing that. It, you know, kind of was revolutionary and that it was basically like Zelda, an open world RPG where they are releasing new, new world or new parts of the continent, new story. And it's... There's not ever going to be a Genshin Impact 2, or I hope not. Um, that would be very frustrating because I've already invested so much into <laughs> my current players. They, they just keep giving us more game, and that's been wildly successful. And I think we're going to see more of that with these like big names, Call of Duty. Yeah, I agree, Sarah. They're going the way of games as a live service. That 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 is what, whether people like that, love that, hate that. I'm not saying all games going to be like that because you. Yeah. A lot, I think a lot for PlayStation, for example, is not going to go that way for the most part, at least not for a long time, and at least not all of them. But Xbox definitely seems more to be like in the, the camp of like games as a live service, like kind of how Madden should be that we just talked about. It should be more of an update every year instead of, you know, shelling out 60 to $70 every year. And you could even make the argument the same as Call of Duty at this point. 
uh, well, with, at least with Call of Duty, you have a higher ceiling, I think, of creativity. But if you're just, if you're doing it yearly, you have no time to even think about what you could do creatively because you're just trying to pump them out. Because as soon as you're done with one, you turn around and start making the next one. But right. yeah, I think, I think it'd be more of a live service. And then you can sit back and go like, what can we change? What can we really update? And that will give it, that'll make it better. But yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of final thoughts, I don't know. I, I, I don't, it is a little worrisome when, if you think about it, I don't want to get like too in the weeds, but when you think about it, there's only about five companies, for those that don't know, that in the, our country that own almost everything. Like, I mean, for the most part, in terms of like uh, entertainment, like there's like five big conglomerate networks, especially since Disney bought out Fox, like we just said. Uh, the video game industry is going to kind of go in the same way. And it is scaring me a little bit as somebody who really loves this community. Um, it's hard because when you're an indie developer for a game, you're living game to game, like a paycheck. Like if you, like if that next game you make doesn't sell anything or flops, you're kind of screwed. But if you make an amazing game, you may either continue to make awesome games or get noticed by somebody else and get that paycheck. So I don't know. It, I just hope we don't lose the creativity uh, for the gaming industry. That's my only concern, but you know, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. To me, it's the creativity at, uh, aspect of it. I mean, I just saw Peter Dinklage come out today and he was like, listen, HBO, take some chances out there. You don't have to keep doing Game yeah. of Thrones spinoffs. Oh, exactly. He's 100% yeah. correct. I mean, don't get me wrong. Am I excited for House of, uh, what is it, House of Dragons that's coming yeah, out? Yeah, House or, of Targaryen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, I'm excited about it, but I think HBO is kind of banking on this to where they could bring in original ideas like companies like Netflix does with like an Ozark, which is pretty mm -hmm. much like a, a Breaking Bad 2.0, but family edition instead of just a Walter White edition. <laughs> Things like that. You know what I mean? So you have these different aspects out there but yeah I, I i do fear and this is for entertainment in general you know whether yeah. if it's movies or everything else but I, I think you're right jeffers i don't want to get stuck into this rut to where it's all right now it's the next call of duty but really it's just a couple <laughs> different guns and then it's this and then even okay. i will respect this as far as the grand theft auto franchise i am glad that they take their time coming out i mean i have heard the, the next one coming out is going to be you know, on a World of Warcraft kind of tip as far as open world, this, that, and the other. And honestly, I'm cool with that because why kind of keep reinventing the reel when you can just continue with a very successful franchise and just keep updating it and make different missions and different things fun for everybody else that's already, just like you said, Sarah, you're invested in it. You don't want to see a part two. You don't want to lose all your shit yeah. you ranked up to, you know what I mean? And then have to start all over again when they come out with a new game. I think that's what HBO yeah. thinks, though, when they release. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm not, I don't even disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, there is, it, it just comes down to money. Like, like I'm not trying to be yeah. like, you know, yeah. down the dumps. That's just sadly, that's just what it is. And like, I, I get that side of it. It's a business at the end of the day. I really do. Like, that's not lost on me. Uh, but yeah, I guess I, I think we can have room for both. Let's have room for the consistent updates uh, in the same titles. There's nothing wrong with that. I know a lot of people love these games. They Some people can only buy one or two games a year. I'm not against that. As long as we can still keep up some creativity in between and some single player stories and just like, uh, it, there's room for everything in my opinion. Yeah. And thankfully we have Sony and this conversation with like, this is why I love Japanese media and anime. It's not all of it. It's just remakes of something in the past. Like, and I like all, you know, all the media that comes out now. I just don't want to see the same story eight different times. So oh. yes, my, I guess my ending thoughts on that. Thankfully we have Sony for some creativity. <laughs> Agreed. 
My, my ending thoughts as far as this subject goes, I grew up as a big fan of the EA Sports big line. So I would love to see any kind of a valid remake of SSX Tricky, which to me is still oh. one of the like the best snowboarding games of all time. Yeah. I loved NBA Street. I loved NFL Street. I'd like to see some more of those games come back out, especially in like a pay, like a like a pass kind of thing. Obviously, you don't have to go out and buy it. But if they could bring those in and bring in the graphics, almost kind of like what they did a couple years ago when they did the remake of Tony Hawk 1 and 2, I would love to see that. But I don't want to have to go out and buy the game. If you could just have it on, you know, your pass, whatever it is, I would love to see that because those are some of the, you know, it's just those no-nonsense games where you don't really have to think that much. It just visually looks cool. It's fun to play. And you hit a couple buttons and you're having a good time. <laughs> Games can just be fun. There's nothing wrong with that. That that brings up a good point, though. Do you want to see any resurrected, left behind franchises? Because Activision has quite a few of them, actually. I am really glad you brought that up. And to me, I, I think out of the ones that Activision owns, that I would like to see brought back up. And they could obviously come out with a, a new guitar. And I know you're where I knew this is where you know where I'm going with it. <laughs> You know, I, I would like to see the guitar. I mean, which granted, there's only so much you can do with it, but I would like to see the Guitar Hero franchise come up in the, with the new consoles, you know, as far as the new graphics, the new visuals. I mean, hell, nowadays, just with the, the processors the way they are, you, you could. They, I'm sure they could just take your face and put you in the actual music oh, yeah. video. Yeah, probably of whatever band that you're playing with, you know, so it doesn't have to be just, oh, you're playing as Tom Morello. Now it's you're playing as Tom Morello, but it's your face on Tom Morello's face, <laughs> you know, so taking the new technology and then br and bringing life to that franchise. Honestly, I, I think it would go over great. Oh, I think it would, too. Yeah. Think Guitar Hero was big for uh, people who didn't play games, honestly. So, right. And if we can bring back sitcoms that have been off the air for 15 to 20 years, I'm pretty sure you can bring back Guitar Hero and probably like, for success. I'm pretty sure Guitar Hero was in Gossip Girl. Like, that's how like, big it was. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's your answer. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to bring back, which is weird because, like, uh, Sarah, I don't know how long you've been playing PlayStation, but uh, Activision is actually the one that owns Spyro. But when I think of and Spyro, Crash Bandicoot and Crash Bandicoot, those are PS one um, right. kind of like mascots. Basically. Yeah, exclusives really. It's yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, is this dirty? Like, if I say this, <laughs> no, like, not at so all. messed up if they brought them back. Yeah, they're gonna. I mean, that would be cool to bring them back. I mean, we, Crash is gonna see the fight. Back. You know, there'd be a fight between them, <laughs> like right. an epic battle if they did that. Yeah. So it'd be. It'd be, it'd be cool if they brought back some franchises i think so yeah i agree brandy it'd be interesting yeah yeah and i mean to be honest with you i thought they did a great job with ratchet and clank so i mean why not yeah. do a great job with crash bandicoot which was one of my favorite playstation exclusives yep so and then you can even do the crossovers like they did back in the day with like uh sonic and and mario you know the sonic and mario you know what i mean so you could have that aspect of it they're going to make their own little universe. I'm sure. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, before we sign off, um, this is a little section of this, of the podcast that we'd like to call solo dubs. So Sarah, you know, we'll start with you. Uh, obviously the cosplay thing in full effect. I don't know how you're doing in, in Philly as far as COVID. I know a lot of stuff as far as we go, I'm sure where Jeffers go has been like kind of shut down, pushed back, but you know, just as far as streaming or even events coming up, like what, what do you have in store? Yeah, um, kind of to this point, like, I don't totally know. Um, I am, I don't want to announce something and have it not happen, um, but tentatively planning to go to Katsukan next month. Um, 
if I don't go, I'll still making all the cosplays for it. So I will still do shoots and be posting on my social media, which is Instagram. Sarah is loading. So the content will be there, whether it's at a convention or at um, just my home or outside. And that actually just reminded me that I still have tickets to San Diego Comic-Con that I bought two years ago that Holy carried over. So <laughs> I'm probably going to that in July if it happens. So for me, I, I stream three days a week. Uh, it's uh, Wednesdays during the day. But, you know, I say that, but I'm talking to three different time zones out here. Uh, it's during the day for me. It's middle of the day for most of you on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then uh, Thursdays are my only nighttime. But I try to do those earlier so that everyone can see them if they're on the U.S. Uh, outside of that, though, I, I just started Jawa Chatter, a video game podcast I do with two other people. I've gone all out busted my ass doing this thing. I Like I told Brian, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so scatterbrained. I have been doing nothing but this on my school break. So uh, yeah, it dropped yesterday on my birthday. Um, first three episodes, we dropped three episodes to start and it's weekly after that. It is basically for people that either love it as much as I do, or you've only seen The Mandalorian. Because what we're trying to do is... <laughs> bridge a gap because it's become, you know, I love Star Wars, but it's a convoluted franchise. I mean, sure. when you bring in the Mandalorian uh, and the Mandalorian, for those that don't know this, the first season was the most open season to anyone. Like if you'd never seen Star Wars, you could have watched Mandalorian and not been confused at all. But then you go into season two of Mandalorian and it's pulling storylines from like the Clone Wars animated show. It's pulling things from past Star Wars stuff. And so my uh, girlfriend, who is one of the members of our podcast, she's only became a Star Wars fan like two years ago-ish, well, I guess a little bit more than that since we started dating. And so she's kind of bridging the gap of like looking from a new person's perspective and also helping guide anybody who's like interested to learn more. And whereas, you know, I'm kind of the middle ground and we have a friend that uh, he is like <laughs> big brain, high level of knowledge. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I was a passionate fan. So yeah, it's it's kind of trying to bridge the gap of, uh, you know, bringing people in the fold. So because it's I, I love the franchises with all of its flaws even. So yeah, Java Chatter Weekly, uh, and it's on everywhere. It's on. I, I made sure of that. I learned from a past podcast. I learned from Brian. I made sure to get everything on there. It's on Spotify, Apple, every small and big, you know, all of them. It's all there, and YouTube as well. So, gotcha. So the first episode's out right now. Three. I made sure to have oh, three ready three to go because nice. I heard the biggest complaint. I mean, I read. I've read. I mean, I did a podcast before, but I also made sure I read books. I've taken mm -hmm. classes at my university. Uh, one of the biggest complaints apparently people have um, is they listen to it and like it. And they're like, well, I wanted to listen to more. And you only had one episode. I'm like, well, not right. going to be a problem. Not a problem. And then we're going to release a new episode next week. So, Excellent, man. Yeah, consistency is key. And, and yep. I will say this for any anyone listening that's interested in starting a podcast. It's good to have three to five episodes like in the shelf before you even <laughs> yeah. promote it out there. Because you don't want to have just the one. Yep. And then people, you know, immediately forget about you. So that's smart, man. And I want to make sure I'm hitting the right button here. There we go. Happy birthday to Jeffers out there. Happy birthday. <laughs> and again, please be sure to check them out on uh, on Twitch as well as, uh, do you have an Instagram, Jeffers? Yeah, I do. Everything's either under just Jeffers or just Jeffers Games. And on the podcast, it's everywhere. Jawa Chatter. So there you go. And Thank Sarah, you. one more time for friends that want to follow you on your social medias. I am Sarah is loading, like Sarah with an H is loading, like my computer. And that's Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, but I'm most active on Instagram. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, thank you two so much for joining us. I'm definitely going to have you guys back as always. I, I know this <laughs> is your multiple time, yeah, Jeffers. This is your first so time, but so thank you for joining us whenever you can fit us in. And honestly, I love the concept of making a podcast for diehard Star Wars fans as well as newbies because, it, you know, fandoms, as we all know, it can be intimidating. It is so it's good to be able to bring that aspect out there of letting people know, like we did an episode before to where it was like, I think it was before infinity war came out. Like, the, like if you had yeah. a pick between the five movies of the MCU to watch before that, because right. a lot of people are like, look, I don't have time to go through the entire catalog and Wait, I don't, don't have time to learn. About all this. Right. Right. I, honestly, I would love for my girlfriend to probably do one on supernatural because no offense, oh I'm my sure the show is cool, but it's 16 seasons and they're all hour long episodes. <laughs> so I don't have time to catch up on that. What's it's, that? It's 16, 16. I thought it was like 16. 11. I thought 11 no. was 11. 16, it's like 15, 16 seasons, and they're all like 20 episode seasons. And oh, I'm like, there's Lord. no realistic way for me to ever catch up on no. this. So let me know <laughs> what episodes I just kind of need to hit each season. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys will probably do that. You yeah, know, we're going to we're gonna do the shows and everything yeah. else. Yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. We ranked, we ranked, we started by ranking the uh, Star Wars films, not by like which one's the best, just our favorite to give everyone a flavor because we're all, sure. all the three of us have different viewpoints and what we like and what we, you know, what we, we like it all for the most part, but we just, you know, give something else. I, I'm not going to lie. There's probably podcasts out there. Like I know uh, a couple off the top of my head that are go way more in the weeds than we do. And sure. so if like, you're like a truly die, die hard fan, maybe ours isn't for you, but if you're anything in between beginner right. and, and love the franchise, like that's what we're there for. And yeah, we're going to dive into the clone wars because that's the same thing with clone wars. It's seven seasons of a show that yeah. have, that reverberate into all the stuff we see going on in the, the live action shows now, like Ahsoka that's coming and that's going to be a new show. Right. But the problem is I have to, when somebody talks to me about it, I'm like, like, where do I, you know, like, so Clone Wars, I was like, look, it's a really great show. Um, you just got to get through like the first three seasons <laughs> and, then it, <laughs> and then it's amazing. And I'm like, right. Uh, and I said that out loud. I'm like, I, I was like, this is the, the hardest sell ever. I was like, I have to come up with a better way to do this. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to watch it and then be like, here's the episodes you can probably skip. And like, here's the episode definitely worth watching. So we're going to dive into that too. I love it. Love it. And Sarah, of course, we'll have you back on for our annual <laughs> anime podcast. And of course, to catch up with uh, all your cosplay uh, magistry as, yes. that, that you do. <laughs> I'm so, excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Again, thank you too, uh, so much for joining us. Be sure to uh, check them out on their social medias. Uh, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Zero Dark Nerdy, the world's most notorious pop culture podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and uh, check out the website, popculturepodcast.com. For all your news, notes, blogs, podcast episodes, the whole nine yards, you can catch it on there. And of course, big shout outs to our sponsors, Zibster, as well as betonline.ag and the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, have a great new year out there, everybody. And we'll catch you next week. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye. Victory. And anger management? Fuck anger management. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.